It is the Robin Ludwig Show coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time. Rocket can. We've talked about what Shohei Otani is doing in real time. I'd say at this moment in time, no one has been better at baseball than he is right now. What say you? 855-212-4227. We've talked about Conor McGregor. He's got Dustin Poirier tonight. Third fight in that trilogy. UFC 264. Obviously, you know, McGregor has this ability to capture people's um, attention, capture their imagination, but he only has one win in like the last five years. If he doesn't win tonight, does he move on to something else? Pro wrestling? Fighting Jake Paul? You know, how how locked in are you to McGregor Poirier tonight at 855-212-4227? And then the NBA Finals. Game three is tomorrow night. Suns lead that series 2-0 over the Bucks. Can Milwaukee come back? You know, in, in game two, I felt bad for Giannis, to be honest. Like, he was dominant, and the Bucks still lost. And, and sometimes I think with the NBA, it's my favorite sport, by the way. Like, we get to this lowest common denominator analysis where, where the star just has to be chewed out somehow. If you watch that game and you had anything to say about Giannis, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. I mean, look, there are critiques of, of him just like there is anybody. But he was brilliant. Holiday and, and Middleton not showing up was the problem in that game. Not to mention Phoenix just might be the better team. The Suns are a really good team. Devin Booker and Chris Paul in the backcourt. Aiton, sufficient. He's been their athletic, you know, Bridges, Payne. It's a good squad. They're not, you know, a, a one and flash in the pan kind of team. 855-212-4227. So we can talk about all or any of those topics, if you will. You can also tweet at me, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. Let's go to David in Green Bay. David, you're up on the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Robin. Good morning. How are you, sir? Morning. How are you? Very good, as always. Love your topics. I'm going to go run through about... uh, uh, everything we've talked about all morning, been listening as I do a morning gig, uh, and Anthony was kind enough to get me here on a lead, um, uh, top of the hour, top of the break here. Uh, first of all, I agree, Bonds, best ever. We can put it to sleep, best ever. Um, as far as the Bucks, uh, of course, I'm a Wisconsinite and a homer. Uh, unfortunately, Suns, better roster, don't match up. Um, Giannis is going to do what he's going to do, but the, the 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 roster just doesn't match, and you know the, the lose two and come home. They better win both if they have any shot at all. But I I honestly don't see it. Um, Otani, this was a great thing, and I've been doing Dukes on Sunday on this. Yeah, he's the best player out there. He's the best player of the moment, um, and you'll like this because you're a basketball guy, uh, LeBron, Jordan, whatever. Uh, can you imagine? Just go with me for a minute on this. Um, the National League changes its format a little bit. You got Otani at first base, and uh, I don't know, playoff, maybe World Series game. He hits the go ahead home run uh, in the top of the inning, and a pitcher comes out, has struggles, and then they make the change. They move the first baseman to the pitcher, and he strikes the batter out. That's the best. That's the best situation of an at bat is for a pitcher in a given situation under a pressure scenario and strike the batter out. Okay. 
uh, other than that McGregor, don't don't kid yourself. This guy's been an actor his whole freaking life. I mean, come on. Uh, the biggest thing in MMA, I'm sorry it's not him, it's Dana well, White. But uh, uh, it's Conor McGregor. I mean, like, as far as individual – look, Dana White is is the, you know, driving force behind UFC. Sure. And, and Who's the bigger name? Dana Conor White? McGregor. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Dana White? Dana White? Conor McGregor. Brought... Okay. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. But here's the deal. He creates a new niche. I thought it was niche. But he creates a new niche with the WWE. I think he could go um, and create a whole new uh, level of other athletes, other performers, other actors, if you will, that they don't already have. He could hold the mic. He could do all those things. And he would earn his uh, title as a WWE performer in that weight class. Um, I think you're right. If he loses tonight, yeah, he's got to move. That would be the best move. Uh, I think you were going to go with uh, All-Star or uh, other, uh, and I'll leave you with this, the Brewers, not a big baseball fan, huge, but if I'm not right, Brewers have three pitchers, Woodruff, Burns, and Hayter, uh, all on the All-Star team, and uh, Peralta got left out. Um, Question for you, does great pitching beat great hitting? Are the Brewers really a contender for the World Series this year? Look, I I, I don't know. I I think – you know, with any of those questions, like good defense, be good offense, it depends. It depends on how great the pitching is. It depends on how balanced. I think good. T- my secret is great teams win championships. Not great pitching, not great hitting, not great offense, not great defense. You know, you generally have to rule a thumb being like the top third of each. I'd have to look up historically for, for baseball. But Milwaukee right now is 53 and 37. I mean, they got a plus 49 run differential. They, they don't look to be the powerhouse that, say, the, the Dodgers or the Giants or maybe even the Padres are all in, in that uh, American League uh, – I'm sorry, National League West. But the Brewers, um, are obviously, you know, with that kind of pitching and, and the way the playoffs are structured, I wouldn't rule them out. And, yeah, they have three all-stars, I believe, Burns, Hayter, and, and Woodruff. Um, uh, Conor McGregor, though, comparing him to Dana White, look, when Conor McGregor's gone – the UFC will still have stars, right? The UFC will still have somebody else. It will still be successful. And Dana White, whatever you think of him, deserves credit for that. Um, but just when it comes to individual star power, no one has been what Conor McGregor has been for the UFC. Like if I were to make a do a monologue on Conor versus Dana, like one of each, the Connor one is generally going to generate more reaction. If I were to, you know, uh, do a video, wh- whatever measurement you want to use, he's just going to get more reaction because Connor McGregor is, he resonates with people. I mean, look, the guy, go watch his, his best sound bites. They're, they're entertaining. They're objectively entertaining. Uh, you know, we could, it's just like with he he's essentially MMA's Mayweather. I mean, there's a reason that they fought each other. He he's not as accomplished as Floyd is. I mean, Floyd is amongst the greatest who have ever done it, if not the greatest who's ever did it. Whoever did it, and and McGregor, it's a little different. It is apples to oranges there because you know UFC and and boxing or MMA. I shouldn't call it UFC. MMA and boxing are two different sports. That's the that's the biggest problem boxing has, to be honest with you, is that there is no UFC, meaning there's no like governing, sanctioning body that's in charge of everything. Where 
You know who is ranked where, how the fights are getting made. I mean, every boxing fight seems to have problems coming together. Even the, look at what's happened with the Tyson Fury and, and now Deontay Wilder fight. Now, you can't control that that Fury got COVID. I mean, I, did, I think I read he only got one shot. So in that sense, he could control it from the, the vaccine standpoint. But I'm saying the promoters can't control that, you know, that fight's postponed due to Tyson Fury testing positive for COVID. But just even the, the way that fight came together, where it was supposed to be Fury-Joshua, and then it became Fury-Wilder. And, like, people, it's just hard to keep track. Who, who's the champion? At what time? What belt do they have? You know, like, the guys come out with 12 belts on. That's the difference for UFC. Is, all right, you do know the UFC... Here's the pay-per-view. Here's the fights that are made. Here's who's in line for the next fight. Stuff like that is is much more streamlined in, in mixed martial arts because of the UFC. There's other offshoot promotions. There are other, other promotions, obviously. But that is the one. And boxing doesn't have that. And I, I think that's the, the biggest problem for boxing at this moment. And why it, you know... Because boxing still, both of those sports are popular. People don't realize it, but they're both popular. Uh, again, they're like popular in more of a niche standpoint, but they're super popular. And and it seems like MMA, UFC is only getting bigger and bigger. Partially that you know ESPN has the the broadcast now, so they're promoting it, and, and ESPN's a big deal. Clearly, you know all that stuff factors in. But they never have a bigger event than when Conor McGregor is fighting. And he is fighting tonight. He's fighting tonight. How interested are you in the McGregor versus Poirier fight? 855-212-4227. To the NBA Finals for a second. Uh, Let me just elaborate a little bit on what I was saying about Giannis before. At some point in NBA discourse, we got to a point where it was you know, only about the superstars and almost like trolling and mocking and carrying out agendas based on various stars and preconceived notions. And and I think the way LeBron was covered, to be honest, had a lot to do with that. Um, And LeBron was covered in such an absurd way. Uh, You've never seen anybody like microanalyze by possession, by game, all that. And therefore, people want that standard applied to everybody now, or, or it created this environment. It just, it, it I, I think we need a fresh start because there's nothing negative to say about Giannis in his performance, not only for the NBA Finals but for the playoffs. And, and there's so much focus on what the guy can't do, and sometimes not as much on what he can do. To me, Giannis is kind of the modern day Shaq. You know, he dominates through his physical presence. No one was asking whether Shaq was a closer, right? Because that wasn't what you were expecting from him. And if you look at the playoffs so far this season for Giannis, I mean, what else do you want him to do? He's averaging 28.5 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists in the playoffs, shooting 56% from the floor. Okay, he could be better at free throws. Yeah. Although a lot of dominant big guys don't shoot free throws that well. 
Could he have a better shot? Yeah, yeah, all those things. But he's he's a dominant presence. The the Bucks are losing the series. They're winning the minutes that Giannis has played in this series. They're up. I think they're plus four in Giannis minutes. And they ain't losing because of him. They're losing because the, the Suns have more depth. The Suns can hit mid-range jumpers, which the Bucks struggled to defend. That's why they're losing. 855-212-4227. Uh, JT Scott tweets in, Connor is the first UFC fighter to hold two belts simultaneously. Been done since, but he was the first. Clarifying something that someone else had said before you. He did that whole the champ champ promo. Let's go to Jeff in Detroit. Jeff, you're up next on the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Um, firstly, uh, just my opinion, I think McGregor's on the downslide. I think he got exposed in that last fight uh, with his legs, with the kicks, and um, my opinion is a, is a better. I think that McGregor's going to win it. It's going to have to be in the first minute and a half. After that, he's going to get shot down like a tree. That seems to be what happens to him, right? I mean, uh, he either gets tired down or if he gets brought down to the ground. And, and it wasn't good for him the last time around, though. You know, it, he did uh, win the, the fight against Cerrone. But, uh, look, five years is a long time. And he only has one one win in essentially the last five years. That that does tell you something. Have a good day, buddy. All right. Appreciate the call. I mean, I, 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 McGregor is now getting by more on his star power. Um, than he is on on what he's actually doing in the octagon. Now he could change that. You never know. Wouldn't count him out. But I don't know if you know. You might look at him pre Mayweather and and post Mayweather in some ways. Whether that fight you know was a signal that he was done in in MMA. Whether he made too much money. Whether you know he got his bell rung too much in that fight. To be honest with you. Um, I, I don't think people still understand how serious the end of that fight was, the the amount of shots he was taking to the, the head unprotected. Or, you know, whether he, he just doesn't have it to the same degree anymore. I mean, all those things can, can be mixed in. It could probably be a, a combination. Combination of all those things. But his star power is still there. People are still interested in him the same, which goes to show you, you know, some of what he did to capture people's imagination, the style in which he fought, entertaining style, and then how much it, um, his personality registers with people. Because he, he's certainly a needle mover. Conor McGregor is, is certainly a needle mover. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Robin Lundberg on Twitter. Can the Bucks actually come back in the NBA Finals? And, you know, sometimes 2-0 feels like a series is over. Is this series over with the Suns leading 2-0? Most people picking Milwaukee in Game 3, but can it be go beyond that? Can it go beyond a Game 3 win for the Bucks? We'll get into the NBA Finals a little bit more coming up next. It is the Robert Lundberg Show, and it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. It is The Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Talking some NBA Finals right now, and I'm joined by Steve Ashburner, NBA.com senior writer. And, and Steve, uh, I want to run something by you and see if you agree. To me, it feels like the Milwaukee Bucks this postseason in particular have been 
almost strangely harshly criticized um, where they, you know, people are always talking about Mike Budenholzer making a lack of adjustments or, or whatnot. I don't think that's necessarily been the case here in this finals or, you know, the, the things that Giannis doesn't do rather than the things he does do well. But to me, this is a very good basketball team that made the finals in part due to circumstances, injuries to the, the Nets, and, and is being torn apart like it's some dynastic level team that was expected to win four consecutive rings. They are in the NBA finals and the series isn't over. It, uh, to me, I'd give more credit to Phoenix right now than I would blame to Milwaukee. Um, you know what? I, I see what you're saying. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it, only because um, the, the Bucks set the bar high uh, for expectations with the previous two regular seasons, um, you know, winning the most games in the NBA over the last three years, even though they were down a little bit, almost by intent this year, uh, a two-time MVP, defensive player of the year. You know, when you come in with all those accolades and, uh, you know, as I said, expectations, then people are going to be a little bit pickier. They are going to measure you not just against who you're playing in a best-of-seven series, but against yourself and, and, and what that portends for the next round, you know, as they've gone through this thing. And when um, Atlanta put out Philadelphia, for instance, now Philadelphia had some injuries and other issues, but, you know, people thought, okay, well, then the Bucks should be in great shape against an inexperienced playoff team like Atlanta compared to their own um you know, point in a life cycle. I think that's a lot of this. This is not the Bucks sort of now they're making their move. Now they're making their rise in the in the Eastern Conference and in the NBA. This is year three, um, at least, where, you know, big things were expected because of what they showed um during the during the eighty two game season, seventy two game season this year. And so I think I think it's a, a lot of that. I think it's the gap between where we thought they were in terms of proficiency, being able to put opponents down. Um, you know, what they did against Miami was tremendous, but there were 16 teams active at that point, and I'm not sure everybody was paying attention to, you know, it went so fast in a sweep over the Heat, the team that had eliminated Milwaukee last year. Um, you know, I think it, it that slipped by people. So then it became the Brooklyn thing and then the injuries, and, and then you thought, well, why should that go to seven if, if Brooklyn is missing at various points, James Harden and Kyrie Irving? Um, so I, I just think it's, you know, and let's face it, it's unusual for, I mean, unless short of Shaquille O'Neal, it's unusual for a, uh, a most valuable player to be, you know, a potential liability in the final minutes of a, uh, of a close game uh, for his team. And, and so that shifts people's um, perspective on on Milwaukee and then when you see what Giannis does in the paint for him to pull up and hoist three pointers which he clearly is not um, proficient at um, that's another opening for criticism so I, I yeah I, I get what you're saying I, I certainly believe it hasn't been the most enjoyable long postseason run for Bucks fans and and that has you know mostly to do with the, the up and down nature of their team you you brought up Shaq. That's actually the apt comparison, I think, for Giannis. Not, not to say he is Shaquille O'Neal, but in the sense that like no one criticized Shaq for not being a closer, right? And, and Giannis sort of physically, his physical domination kind of you know is reminiscent to me of a a modern day Shaq in a, in a way. What did you make of you know him playing the way he did in, in Game Two and, and them still losing that game? Because to me, that was the the lack of shooting from from Middleton and, and Holiday. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, if 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 you have your primary guy gut out that kind of a performance, and, and you know, I mean, it, to me, it's clear that that knee is is bothering him. It, it got dinged a couple of times in game two, and yet he's going and he's you know he's doing those things. He's putting up big numbers, numbers that are you know historic in terms of points and a quarter and points and a half. I mean, you got to go back decades to to find um, comps for that. Yeah, you want to see somebody else on that squad step up to support that. And Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday uh, didn't do it. You know, now Middleton, I, you know, look, I'm as guilty as anybody. I've written a story multiple times over the last few years that, no, look, hey, Chris Middleton is worthy of being uh, Robin to Giannis's Batman. Because look what he did. You know, he rose up when Giannis either was hurt or, or was, was not having a great game, and he scores 38 points or, you know, 29 points, and the Bucks win the game. It's, it's that consistency that seems to be the real problem for Middleton and his inability on the off nights to really sort of play through that and, and either – get hot or, or find other ways to, to help his team win. I mean, it's a, it's on his best nights. He's tremendous. And you'd say, yeah, I mean, he's, he's great to have because he's such a good shooter. He can make up for some of the things Giannis doesn't do. Um, But many nights, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. It's sort of his deviation from the mean is, is greater than what you would expect for, you know, an all-star player in this league. And I think Drew Holiday I mean, he's got to be better offensively, but boy, you know, particularly in game two, they asked a ton of him defensively. I mean, they switched from switching and, and letting other people sort of get beat up by Chris Paul and the way he manages a game to wanting Drew Holiday to, to take, you know, pretty much exclusive um, uh, defensive responsibilities for, for Chris Paul. So if he's going to expend that much energy on that, that end of the floor, now granted he's younger than Chris Paul. And um, you would think that, that he ought to be able to, to do it at this time of year, um, you know, with days off and everything else, but you know, still, I don't want to make excuses for a guy who was missing layups. So it, you know, it, it yeah, to me, it looks like Phoenix is beating Milwaukee and um, probably getting a little bit of short shrift for, uh, praise for what they're doing while people focus in on, boy, how odd the Bucks kind of look. Robin Lundberg talking to Steve Ashburner, NBA.com senior writer here on CBS Sports Radio. So let's take a look at the Suns for a second. I mean, I, I think, um, one, you know, there's the Chris Paul factor and, and, and what he brings leadership-wise, what he brings skill-wise. Uh, you know, the, the Bucks, Steve, have struggled um, or have either struggled or just conceded mid-range jumpers, and, and he's such a, a mid-range maestro that that's hurt him. You throw in Devin Booker, who, who's the same way, and, and I think that's just tough matchup-wise. The team speed, I, I think, may be a little bit too much, especially, you know, one of the adjustments could be Giannis at the five, but they don't have DiVincenzo to get, give him that switchy kind of lineup that they might have had previously. And the the Suns are just a, a good deep team. I mean, they got a lot of good players. They got athleticism with Bridges. They got Payne as that that change of pace. They got Aiton, who who's been incredibly efficient. I mean, th- this is not some fluky flash in the pan team. No, you're right. They're hot. Um, they're brimming with confidence. What are they now? Like fourteen and four in this postseason run. I don't think Monty Williams gets as much um, attention probably as he should for coaching them up. I mean, the difference that Williams has made with, you know, I mean, yes, Chris Paul was an MVP 
you know, a candidate. He was on my ballot uh, this year, and, and even actually last year he was one of the top five with, uh, with Oklahoma City. But, I mean, Monty Williams, um, you know, has instilled in each of these guys, it seems, a, a degree of confidence that if it wasn't lacking before, it certainly wasn't sort of, you know, peaked out. And I, I just think that these guys are, are true believers now. And, you know, and that's, they draw, they draw more confidence from each other too. I mean, there's the opposite of finger pointing. I think that they are as, as tightly uh, knit as a team as, you know, if, as we've seen this postseason. So um, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, the mid range thing, yes, it was, you know, Milwaukee was going to have a chance full if if Harden and Irving were were healthy uh, against Brooklyn. You know, after my God, what Kevin Durant had had been doing. Um, but you're right, pace too. That you know, the Harden and Irving don't necessarily play at a faster pace as veterans, but I think Phoenix does. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really a nice thing to see for um, I think basketball fans, the way Phoenix plays. I mean, they have a point guard who does what a point guard traditionally does. Um, they don't rely solely on the three point game, which I think, I think this league has gone too far in that direction, frankly, for entertainment purposes. Um, and, and they do give you some creativity in their shot making when they're inside the arc. And then to see a player, a big man, you know, with some, you know, sort of roots in the, in the old school, um, blossom, you know, at the age of 22, you know, that to me is a nice thing too. I mean, you know, we had several years where it seemed like big men, you know, Roy Hibbert, Greg Monroe were being run out of the league and, and, you know, DeAndre Ayton took a lot of grief and so did the Suns for not being Luka Doncic or, or Trey Young. And I don't see those guys in the finals. Um, he may, he may beat them to a ring. It's looking like, so, you know, to me, that's a, that's a nice, uh, breath of fresh air as well. Uh, Steve, real quick, does Milwaukee win Game Three? Uh, boy, I got to believe they win Game Three. If they don't win Game Three, I mean, it's not—it's not just a matter of three zero being, you know, a death knell um, for NBA best of seven series. Nobody's ever come back. But I mean, that's—that's that's the embarrassment factor kicking in. And if you—if you get swept or a gentleman sweep, um, you know, in the finals against a team with with such a sudden rise and you've been knocking on the door for years um you know other and it's going to stick to Giannis a lot but he's probably the one that has the least to be embarrassed about but yeah if they don't win they got to win game three uh, I'd be uh, I'd be very disappointed in them um if, if they can't turn the positives that they have when they play at home um and and frankly just you know make them make some major changes now uh, if they can't do that in Game Three, then you know we're kind of kind of wasting our time from that point. Steve, appreciate your time. Hope you didn't waste it here with me today. Thank you. <laughs> no, this was good. Got me going. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. Hey, Mitch in New Jersey, you're on the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Robin, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Oh, good. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Talking a little baseball. Early, early um, winners, I, you would say, uh, Tatis and Otani. Teams might make the playoffs. I think Padres uh, would definitely make the playoffs. Angels need to him. But um, these are both guys I got away from from my Dodgers, Otani. And uh, Tatis, well, he, he came up with the White Sox. That's looking like a bad trade. But um, get, just wondering what you think about MVPs. Uh, well, yeah, whether think, in the playoffs or not. Shohei Otani is absolutely the MVP. 
uh, of the American League. And, and thanks for the call, as always, Mitch. Uh, you know, like he's uh, there's he's the MVP of all of baseball right now, and, and it, it, the team success it just doesn't matter. I mean, it's like I mean it matters, but it's it, baseball is an individual sport. Masquerading as a team sport in in many ways, and there's just I I don't know you know how you could look at at what he's doing um and, and not have him as the MVP and then I'd go to uh, you know when you're, you're talking about uh all across the board I mean you got some guys are having great seasons like Guerrero is having a great season um Tatis as you just mentioned is is having a great season um I would say it's the uh American League MVP would be Shohei Otani. And then when it comes to the National League MVP, that would have to be, at this point, um, Tatis. Given what, you know, he's done this year. I mean, it helps the, the Padres are a good team. All right, we've definitely talked about Otani. Definitely talked about McGregor. Definitely talked about the NBA Finals. Time to talk the other topics I haven't gotten to as of yet in another one. What is up first, Anthony? All right, let's uh, start off with some football. Patrick Mahomes was asked on ESPN this week about the notion that he and Brady are the NFL equivalent to LeBron James and Michael Jordan, but he passed on weighing in on their legacies. I mean, it's still early for the LeBron-Michael Jordan stuff, but for me, if you're in this league, then you're trying to win, Mahomes said. You're trying to be the best player on that football field every single day. Tom's done it for a long time, and he's won a lot of Super Bowls. When you're coming up and watching football, you want to go out there and win championships like he's done. I'm going to try to do whatever I can every single year to put us in a position that we can win a lot of championships, hopefully. So is it too early to compare Mahomes with Brady? Um, No. I mean, and yes. it's Look, <laughs> one, football isn't really done that way. Uh, basketball has a unique um, history of comparing people and arguing one against another. Maybe it's just the the star nature of that sport. But uh, Patrick Mahomes is doing things. It's best versus greatest. You know, if you were to say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback you've ever seen, you could say that now. Um, but his greatness, what Tom? I mean, this is semantics. It's it's playing with words a little bit. But what Tom Brady has done he's done for so long and he's easily the greatest football player of all time and to say that Patrick Mahomes will ever get to his career accomplishments I mean that is hard to to imagine somebody doing what Brady has done Um, but there's a reason Patrick Mahomes's name is already thrown around like that and that's because of how good the guy is and you know he's the best quarterback many of us have ever seen so I mean it's can he can he equal Tom Brady historically? I don't know what that would take. He's still very young in his career. I mean, he already has won a Super Bowl. He's already been 2-2. The way he lost last year, obviously it wasn't on Patrick Mahomes, even though he didn't play his best game. But if, if he comes out and goes right back and wins the Super Bowl this year, then the Brady comparison stuff will go right back into hyperdrive. But whenever somebody starts mentioning you with these people, whether it was LeBron or Jordan, that doesn't really get undone, you know? Uh, once it's done, it's kind of a thing uh, until it, it isn't. 
um, and, and that generally is never. Um, is it too early to compare his accomplishments to Brady? Yeah, that's where Mahomes is correct. What's next? So 49ers legend Jerry Rice estimates that he'd be roughly twice as good in the modern offense-friendly, pass-happy NFL. So Rice joined NBC Sports' brother from another at the American Century Golf Championship uh, tournament in Tahoe, and he talked about how he'd fare in today's game. And Rice said that his numbers would skyrocket thanks to a dip in physicality. First of all, the game really favors the wide receiver now because you can't put your hands on him, Rice said. Linebackers can't take shots at you coming across the middle anymore. It's kind of hard because it's hypothetical. I probably might be able to, like, double everything. So do you think Jerry Rice would double his stats in today's NFL? Double? No. Of course he wouldn't double his stats. I get his point. Look, Jerry Rice, part of what makes him who he is is that He's supremely confident and, and even arrogant to a degree, right? And that's okay. Uh, he deserves to be. And, and Jerry Rice is, is you know, the, the numbers he put up are, are pretty jaw-dropping, especially when you put into context the era he played in. So do I think Jerry Rice is the kind of guy who would excel in this era? Absolutely. His route running, his hands, everything about him. And then the, the fact that you're throwing the ball more often, uh, it, it just makes sense that, even possibly his numbers could go up. To say double, I mean, he's he's laying it on a little thick with the hyperbole, and I think it's it's his way of trying to, you know, you don't want to be forgotten, especially when you're as great as these guys were. And you remember, like, you were the man. And then people start slowly talking about you less and less over the years, and you see that the game go the way it has, and you say, wait a second, don't forget about me. And that's kind of how that feels. And again, I'm not, I don't even mean that as a negative. I, I, I get it. I understand that. Uh, and Jerry Rice is, you know, a great. Um, would he, could he have excelled in this era? Yeah. Would he have put up staggering numbers? Yeah. Double? I mean, let's pump the brakes a, a little bit on, on double, especially because the, the guys he's going against are faster and, and, and better, and the, the game has advanced more. You know, like, the, you also have to take into account that evolution as well. What's next? So 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan, he appeared on the Flying Coach podcast along with Rams head coach Sean McVay and said he was frustrated when Los Angeles got Matthew Stafford. That was frustrating, Shanahan admitted about the transaction. Everyone was telling me it was a possibility and Stafford is the man. I studied him hard coming out of college and we played against him so we know how good he is. Shanahan declared that the 49ers wanted to be in on the Matthew Stafford business once the Lions placed the veteran on the trade block. Of course, the Niners have Jimmy G, and they traded up to the number three overall pick and selected Trey Lance. But will the 49ers regret not being able to acquire Matthew Stafford? I don't think so. Uh, Look, I mean, I think Lance, from what I've heard from people, has real ability, right? Uh, obviously, they they scouted him, and and we haven't seen so much of him because of where he played and and the the time period he played in with COVID and and everything like that. But I I think you know starting fresh with somebody who's 21 years old it is very exciting for a fan base. Uh, it, it all it all ultimately is determined by how good he is, and, and I don't have an answer for you on that. I'm I'm not a professional scout. Uh, I haven't seen him play at the pro level, obviously, at all. 
and and saw fleeting um, amounts of him at the college level. But I've interviewed him, and he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he obviously has good physical ability. So I I don't think it's it's such a loss for the 49ers, especially because they they also have Garoppolo there who did quarterback them to a Super Bowl. So I like both of those team situations. I I did think the Stafford acquisition made a lot of sense for the Rams. What's next? On Wednesday, Giannis was asked what it would mean to win a championship in Milwaukee. You see a lot of people have different routes. You know, you can never, you know, judge anybody for the way he wins the championship, that he chooses to win a championship. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, doing it in the team that, you know, you started, it's, I feel like it means more. So is Giannis right that it means more to win a title with the team that drafted you? Um... I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a, a right answer here. Did it mean more for Kawhi Leonard to win with the Spurs than the Raptors? I mean, I think it meant more for his career to win that title for the Raptors. Uh, did it mean more for LeBron to win? I mean, I guess the Cavs were technically the team that drafted him, but when he won in 2016 with the Cavs, that was a bigger deal than any other title he could have won, even if he had won it earlier in his career. I, I, well... I mean, the context of it meaning it wasn't just the Cleveland thing. Coming back 3-1 against that Warriors team is what made it a big deal. Does it it resonate with people to a certain degree? Are there a lot of people who will like it more because of that? Yeah, there's that aspect. Um, And and there will be credit due because he decided to stay there, and then he won. He took care of business. That would be huge. But I, I can't say... Certain titles mean more than other titles, but it's the entire context that goes into what makes the title the title, not just what team you want it won it on, if that makes sense. What's next? All right, and finally, Hugh Jackman this week, he teased his return to the role of Wolverine in the MCU. Would you want to see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine once again in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes and no. I want them to recast Wolverine for the Marvel Cinematic Universe proper. Like, going forward, I think they should do their own spin on the X-Men. But considering they're doing this whole multiverse spin-off storylines where there's all these alternate realities, I think Hugh Jackman as Wolverine makes sense in that context. Bring him in that way. He's familiar to people. Uh, it it, it would, would be a cool introduction to the character. And then you could introduce the Wolverine uh, for the Marvel Universe going forward, the one that is in the Marvel Universe we've watched. But considering they're doing all the multiverse stuff, yeah, it makes sense to bring Hugh Jackman in as Wolverine. Hope everything I just said made sense to you, as it does every Saturday morning here on the Robin Lundberg Show, 6 to 10 Eastern on CBS Sports Radio. Any portion of the show you miss, you can grab the podcast. Ken Carmen's up next. Have a good weekend, everybody.